Hello and welcome to Blue Royalty, a London is Blue podcast dedicated to the Chelsea women's team. I'm your host, Jessica Humphreys, joined today by Abdullah. Abdullah, how are you doing, my man? I am doing good, but it's not been a fun week from a football perspective. I mean, work was dull anyway. Not even dull, it was hard, but football didn't help. So, yeah. At least you didn't have to go and do your job and have Sam Kerr pull a stupid face at you and it become a big meme over the internet. Oh, or, or did hilarious. that happen to you? I don't know. I no, don't want to no, assume no. that it didn't happen to you. No, no, no. I think I think I think I'll 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 take what I had this week. That was just wow. Yeah, I don't really know what to say about that. <laughs> I'm pleased that I have played a role in creating a meme that will live on forever. You know, that will live on beyond me and my career, <laughs> and that was worth it. You know, like. If you're working as sort of as a journalist in creative industries, you wanna you want your work to stand for something beyond you, and I feel like this might be this meme the pinnacle. Sam Kerr pulling a confused face at me, and Emma Hayes with the angry look, going, "What are you on about? Why? Like, you haven't done this in two years. Why are you <sighs> looking at me like this?" I stand by my question, guys. I stand by my question, but oh my god, I was shitting my pants when I had to ask her questions in the presser then yesterday and then she was just looking at me i was like this is awful at least they know you now at least they know you for next time they do know me now oh they certainly know me now yeah that's true that's true um thank you guys for listening in whether you're joining us from the blue royalty feed or the london is blue one we really appreciate your support we are able to exist thanks to you our amazing community of chelsea supporters if you are enjoying the podcast um and you're listening from london is blue you can go and subscribe to us on blue royalty wherever you get your podcast to make sure every episode we do is with you straight away and feel free whilst you're there to leave a five-star review to help other listeners find the show. Before we dive into the game that was played last night, the the nil draw we had with Hecken, just want to take a minute to talk about the club statement around the abuse that Lauren James has been receiving this week. Um, Chelsea put out a statement, I think, something that was really important for the club to do. Uh, it said, Chelsea Football Club condemns the online abuse directed towards Lauren James following Sunday's Barclays Women's Super League fixture against Arsenal. The club stands strongly against any form of abuse and discriminatory behaviour. Discrimination has no place at Chelsea Football Club or in any of our communities. We will take action against any individual that we can identify. We stand with you, Lauren. Emma Hayes followed up that statement at her presser in the week saying, I think it's disgusting the amount of abuse she has received from the public, the media, the press. We're talking about a young player here who, no question, is always working to learn in the background on bits and bobs. Some of the language I've seen used to vilify her externally is unacceptable. I don't see the same level of abuse attributed to other players in the league who may have had their own challenging moments. It's fair to say that if I was in a position, I'd think there is racial profiling going on. A really important statement from the club and from, from Emma Hayes, Abdullah. It's obviously super, super frustrating to see this stuff come up again and again. We, we've seen it with LJ for, for England as well. Um, and, you know, we've seen it for, from other players in, in the squad as well. Jess Carter is someone who, who you often see, uh, um, I think, racially motivated comments about and about her talent, about her ability. Um, but I think it's really important for LJ to see that the club has her back in this situation. Yeah, for sure. I think in, in a moment where 
I think it's safe to say it's been one of the lowest moments of the last couple of years at, at the club, especially with the two these two games and uh, in hindsight and then obviously with with that abuse. And um, I believe even Leah Walsey came out after the game you know, on Twitter and, and, and X and said, look, I saw this long enough. I had to come out and say something. So if, if the person who this was supposedly against is coming out and saying, listen, guys, let's calm down. Like it wasn't like malicious or anything like that. Then I think you, I think really people need to be looking in the mirrors and taking a step back because, yes, she's, you know, this happened, but I think we need to realize the fact that beyond the fact that in and of itself, what people are doing is wrong and racially discriminating and this racial profiling about attacking a player because of a color of her skin and and all that is 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 wrong. But at the end of the day, I think this is part of her game. This is part of her personality in the sense that this is what makes her how good she is. And I think having a little bit of an edge to your game is what most top players do, especially creative, solo, you know, wizardry wingers like like Lauren James. They have a little bit of this streak in them where they have to be a little bit like this. But again, it's not coming from a place of m- m- maliciousness or, or anything. It's just they have to be a little bit like this to be able to A, protect themselves and B, just kind of have that authority about themselves. And yes, maybe uh, LJ will learn and get better as the uh you know as as she gets older but um yeah no i think it was good for the club to come out and make the uh make the uh statement and 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 kind of back her because um yeah i think it's it's needed and for and again not to forget she's a very young player so these things will affect her a lot more than someone who's maybe 30 31 years old and great to see lj getting a wonderful reaction from the fans at Stamford bridge last night um you know emma hayes was asked about that in the presser and she she basically said as she should and, it, and it's true and um hopefully this is an instant that lj can move past because emma hayes was talking about you know that she's she's going through a really tough time around it obviously you know with the james family as a whole reese out with an injury again it's you know, there are lots of things that go on, on and off the field. Um, and it's very easy to forget that these are real people. So it's important to bear that in mind. Let's move on to the game, though. Uh, disappointing, frustrating nil-nil against Hecken, a game we dominated from start to finish. Echoes of that Juventus game from, from two years ago, another nil-nil where we dominated. Abdullah, I feel like we were talking sort of before we started recording. And I think uh, both of our opinion is like, this game feels so much worse because it's come after the Arsenal game and we wanted to get that big reaction. Yeah, 100%. I think I think you mentioned that if we if we had this as isolated results between other games, you could have easily taken some of the reasons behind why we didn't win and kind of say, "All right, cool, fine, you know, it's fine. We will we'll, we'll, you know, play that game again and you know, we win that for, you know, type type of type of narrative, but it just the fact that it's come, like you said, between just after the Arsenal game, number one, number two, that you you know you you'd think that after such a you know a, a a loss like that, they would come back and truly try and prove themselves and do it, especially again another big stadium that we talked about, and maybe it's time to talk about go back to the whole point of are Chelsea better playing at Kings Meadow than they are at these bigger stadiums because now that's Emirates and Stamford Bridge that they've that they've lost and drawn it against teams that probably in some maybe a week or 10 days ago or even last week we should have been winning both of these games taking six points from from both of them um and so maybe that question comes up but yeah no it's it's one of those where you you look back and go now what kind of adverse could this have an adverse effect going into Sunday's game against uh, you know against Bristol where 
you know, yes, they should be winning the game on Sunday quite comfortably. But does this now add in an extra sprinkle bit of nerves just for no reason whatsoever, just because of the results where while they have to win every game, you have to start winning these games. And we talked about it in the, in the previous episode when we were previewing Arsenal that the games, if they don't, if Arsenal win or if Arsenal get some sort of head, you know, headway into this tie and get close the gap, the pressure of having to now Chelsea have done it before, where they've kept pace and they've won every game and people have, they've set the trend. But on the, on the flip side, could this be a moment where because Chelsea have always played catch up and and an overtaken team since the second half of the season, could this be that driving force where Emma goes, okay, now you literally cannot rest because now they're like literally on your toes. You have to keep going. You have to keep pressing. And so maybe that motivates a few players. And I think there were one or two positives from the game on, on uh, yesterday, to, uh, but um but yeah, no, I, I think overall not a great look for two games in a row. I think confidence wise it hits, but um, you know, I think we hope it should be okay. All right, let's take a quick ad break here and we will dig into the game itself. So Chelsea nil, Hecken nil. Let's start with the lineup. Quite a few changes from the Arsenal game, Abdullah, not necessarily surprising, I think. Um, so we had Musovic in goal, Eve Perisay, who it sounded like wouldn't have started. I think Ashley Lawrence was due to start, but she picks up the flu, so she wasn't available. Alongside Kadisha Buchanan, Jess Carter and Luke Charles. Sophie Ingle came back into the midfield with Aaron Cuthbert and Frank Kirby just ahead of them. Canner in her familiar role on the right. Guru Ryson fit enough to start on the left and Sam Kerr up top. Lawrence, Loipolt and AKB all had the flu, seemingly. Make of that what you will. That's also why Melanie... Missed out on the squad for the Arsenal game. Apparently, prior to that, it was that she'd had issues with her hamstring, issue with doctor, but she's, like, physically fit. She's, it just seems to be there's an illness going around um, at the moment. What did you make of the decision to bring Kadisha Buchanan in ahead of Mielda? I feel like she's one of the players who actually really came out of this match with uh, more plus points. Um, I feel like she, when she came on against Arsenal uh, in the second half, she looked good and it felt like she continued that form in this game today, albeit against a very different kind of side. I guess it's interesting, Abdullah, because whilst Millie's out, you know, at least until January... There is a real opportunity for Kadisha to to nail down the starting stocks block that she's kind of lost. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I think I thought she played pretty well. Yeah, I agree. I think there were a couple of moments in there where last season we would have seen her get shredded for pace and she wouldn't be able to keep up and the chance would go. And then there were some last ditch tackles that she timed to perfection. And, you know, I, I was, I was pleasantly surprised when I saw those because I was like, wow, that's, that's the Kadisha of old where, you know, she doesn't have the pace, but she had the positioning and the timing to, to get those tackles. And I, I think this start comes off the back of that Arsenal second half, where individual as an individual, she played decently well. And I, and I think Marin didn't have the best first half, uh, you know, because of the way I think Arsenal played. And while Marin's been probably the the better center back, quote unquote, in the last like six to eight months, I think it's important at the end of the day for Chelsea to be relying on Kadisha, who would probably be your longer term partner, uh, slash third second choice center back alongside Emily Bright slash Jess Carter, then Marin Mielda. Marin Mielda probably in a couple of years will probably be gone. Um, whereas with Kadisha, there's there's still that that prime of her 
a career that's going on right now and you know you, you you've got someone with so much pedigree coming in from such a big club like Leon and obviously now having played a season at Chelsea that you probably want to get her confidence up because at the end of the day I mean we we you just look back a couple of years ago Kadisha won a couple of Champions Leagues and she was starting in those games and finals and playing really really well against uh, you know alongside a Wendy Renard who you can probably con- compare to in 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 terms of the playing style and like the stature in the team to Millie Bright and so if she can develop that and get the confidence back and um I think I think then we have a player in our hands because then it, then when Millie comes back it's obviously more than likely Millie will just be this first choice starting center back regardless of what happens but Jess Carter then has uh, actual competition next to her and and you know we end up having three really really good center backs to rely on you know especially with injuries and rotation rather than having two and so giving her confidence and getting her to play games like this where it seemingly becomes important and, and building up that confidence, I think is is key. But yeah, I think uh, just individual performance is really good. So I think deserve to start. Yeah, definitely. Um, and it'll be interesting to see. I, I assume she might continue against Bristol City over the weekend. Um, Frank Herbie, another player who came in potentially either to wrestle on James or maybe to give her a little bit of protection. Um, Kirby's been such an interesting one this year, Abdullah, because it feels like she's so in and out of the team. And I wonder how much that is like maybe disrupting her rhythm. We've always wanted to get into a place, I think, where we don't have to play Fran all the time. We know that she needs that rest. We don't want to be running her, her into the ground. We want her to be available. But this, again, felt like a case where by... I mean, lots of players were like this, to be fair, but it just felt like it really wasn't necessarily clicking for her at points. Yeah, no, and I think um, I think for me, it definitely looks like it just looks like she hasn't played enough football, and 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 that's really what it is. She looked a little bit rusty in her movement. Some of her touches were off. Some of those there were some passes that got to her, or, or some passes that were going to get to her, and the runs that she was making were. Typical Frank Kirby gets them, shoots, uh, gets into position to shoot a score. Whereas this time she overran a few runs, passes didn't get over, you know, get into good positions, and she just looked rusty. And I think I know that we had to get into a position where we, we can't play Fran all the time because of her injury record. But I, I honestly, I thought that maybe Fran would have played a little bit more football than she has done up until this point. Because to me now, it just seems like Fran's become quite clearly this this rotation option, whereas she actually should be this almost like a first team, first team and a half player where if you're playing two games a week, I think she should be playing one game and then maybe playing like a a smaller number of minutes in the second game or like playing like 70 minutes in one game and then maybe like 20, 25 minutes in the second where, you know, you're still giving her rhythm and you're still giving her the opportunity to, get minutes and, and and get fit, but also not overloading her with like 90, 90, 90, 90, every single game like we were doing before. So again, personally, I thought that she would be playing more, especially with Guru being out. I thought that would have been a prime opportunity to to get her to to get those minutes. But I guess the form of Canarid uh, has been, um, has kind of kind of thrown everything, you know, in the loop just because I don't think anybody expected that. Yeah, definitely. All right, let's, let's move on and, and talk about some of the stats because I don't want to get too deep into the team because I think there's yeah there's quite a lot of stuff to go through here so I mean the the headline is is this Chelsea were totally dominant um 22 shots to heck and six five on target to their two an xg of 2.5 to their 0.2 that's the lowest xg against we've conceded this season 
Um, we had 71% of the ball, 660 passes to their two, eight, eight, uh, 10 corners to their one. Yeah, Abdullah, this is, this is just one of those things where you're like, it's really hard to break down. And I actually had someone reply to the article I wrote for The Athletic about this being like, okay, but if like the Sam Kerr goal isn't offside, if Aaron's shot doesn't hit the crossbar, you see this game like in a totally different way. And I think that's true. But at the same time, and Emma said this after the match, the stats don't really tell the whole story because Chelsea had a lot of the ball, but it didn't really always feel like they knew exactly what they wanted to do with it. Yeah, you're, you're right. I think 71% possession, I think, is, is a very deceiving stat where, yes, Chelsea had a lot of the ball, but then whenever Hacken went into this lower block shape, Chelsea just had a lot of bodies in between their bodies. And it just felt like it was, they weren't sure of what to do. I think in some, sometimes they were, sometimes they were, when they were getting the ball into wide spaces, it was inconsistent getting the crosses in. Sometimes when it's coming through, they tried going to the middle. I think it wasn't working. And I think the biggest problem for me was you're right about, they weren't sure what to do because it's like when they tried crossing, they would head it out. When they tried going through the middle, Sometimes it would work, sometimes it would get blocked out. And it just felt like they they felt like they had no other options. And I think until Lauren James came on, where she was you know, picking up the pockets of space and taking those those typical shots that she does does just outside and 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 take those. I felt like Chelsea were really relying on Canarid and Charles to kind of get into good spaces, take on their fullbacks one-on-one and create the chances and spaces for for Sam Kerr to head on to and, and Frank Kirby to maybe come on to with a with a late run. But I think they were too few and far between. And I think that's why we saw a lot of shots coming from outside the box. Um, Aaron obviously had that shot that hit the crossbar. And I think when Shukanuskin came on, it just kind of continued. And I feel like, I kind of feel like we've started using our pivots, both Shuka and, and Aaron, as almost secondary tertiary chance creators in the sense that they're, they're, you know, it's like, all right, when you get a chance to shoot just outside the box, because you're both pretty decent at take the shot. I feel like we're seeing that a lot more this season. I mean, obviously sugar has gotten a hat trick and, and scored a couple of more goals. They said four or five goals, but I, I just feel like there's this more of an attempt of don't always go outside, just shoot from range. And then we'll, you know, and we'll, we'll, we'll try and take our chances from there. And if it comes off, then great. So um, I, I think, I think maybe in this game, none of the three methods of the way they tried to create chances worked. And I think everybody was just kind of perplexed, like, okay, how do we break this down? Because everything that we've tried to do this season, whether Lauren James outside the box crosses from the wide areas or like interchanging passes and then making space that way nothing was working. And I think that's maybe probably what got them confused and, and unsure. Yeah, definitely. I, I was just going to see actually sort of who was leading on shot creating actions, interestingly. And I mean, this kind of tracks, I think, with the way Hackham were defending. Neve Charles had eight shot creating actions, as did Yves Perse. They're the two leaders, which I think tells you about the way Chelsea was sort of trying to go round the outside. But part of the issue that was happening was Sam was getting dragged out wide as well. So we didn't then really necessarily have someone else in the box. And I asked Emma about this afterwards and she said she felt like it was a problem with the way we were building up in the midfield that sort of Erin and Fran would end up in the same sort of areas and that would push Sam out wide because she wanted to fill the gap like closer to Guru and things like that. So I think generally like 
we just didn't seem to exactly know where everyone was going to be. Um, Hayes basically says as much said, I thought we started the game well. There was a lot of energy, which was good considering the weekend result. We had 27 penalty box entries in the first half, but just two shots. Our execution in the final third was the poorest part of our play, and I said that at half time. I don't think it got much better in the second half, maybe in the last 10 or 15 minutes, but we're going to have to go to Gothenburg to get a result. I think what's funny about all of this, Abdullah, is attacking play this season has been very, 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 very good. This is the first game of the season where we've not scored a goal and we've gone away to City, we've gone away to Arsenal, we've gone away to Real Madrid if you want to count them as a big team and, you know, we've managed to score all of those places. Um, yeah, like an XG of 2.5, so that was 0.5 for Sam, 0.4 for JRK, 0.5 for Aaron Cuthbert. Like, people got chances in this match. Um, so do you think this is just one of those games or do you feel like there is something more to it? I think it's one of those games. I don't, I don't think this team has just lost quality overnight. And I know the Arsenal game was, um, uh, a damning indictment of, of kind of, you know, of like the way they played. And yes, they were probably outplayed in that game and, and, and it, it wasn't great and they got hammered for it for, you know, for, you know, four, 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 one. But I think in this game, you kind of said it earlier. We put away those chances. The Aaron Cuthbert cross uh, shot goes in. Sam's goal is not offside, uh, and 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 a couple more chances go in. This could easily have been a three nil, and it could have been very comfortable. And I think those goals would have just given them the confidence. And I think, while again disappointing to get the draw at home, one of the things Emma will be like. At least we went back to creating more chances, and on another day you score four or five goals, and you and you go forward. And I think that'll give the players confidence, and then they go through. And I think the next game we should see uh, classic Chelsea uh, come to you know come to the fore. So I'm not going to be overly worried. I think if we start seeing consistently weaker performances even with a couple of wins then i start getting worried because then then it's then it becomes a pattern of okay what is the problem why are these players not as um you know as uh consistent as as they should be with their performances and then we played this season um i think i still think sam Kerr is not 100 percent fit so i don't think that um that helps but listen we got bristol on sunday which i think you know, all said and done, respect to Bristol, but Chelsea should be winning that away from home comfortably. I know they gave uh, City a hard time recently and they only won it 2-1, but um, it, 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 I think Chelsea should be winning that. And then we get a quick return to Hacken and, and, and you know, get we can hopefully get a, a good result there and kind of get that response back. Because I think one of the things I mean, will just be like, look, use Bristol as a way of getting yourself back into form and then you've got a chance in five days time to, to really get back at, at the, at this team, you know, away from home uh, and, and kind of go from there. And obviously the next four games after that, and we'll get onto this in a second, but like they all become key because you're playing United Real Madrid uh, within two of your next three games. And that is, um, those are some big games. So you know what? Maybe this team needs a rest. I think Sam definitely needs a, need, needs a rest and, and get that match fitness back and really get full healthy. So I think two games really go all out and then, uh, and then you know, we can we can see how it goes. Yeah, and I mean, I that's why I think, you know, the Arsenal hangover thing does feel pertinent because I feel like there was just this added level of tension in the way a lot we were playing, even though we had so much of the ball. Just maybe this extra feeling of pressure. We obviously know how much Chelsea want to win Champions League this year, like every year, but it's, it's Emma's last year as well. 
the thing that's annoying or really annoying me is we are comfortably the best team in this group. Like if you look at expected goal difference after the first three games, so we're halfway through, we are plus 5-1. Real Madrid are plus 0.9. Paris FC are minus 1.3. And Hecken are minus 4.7. And obviously the way XG works is it tends to sort of even out over a big sample of games. So playing a six-game group stage isn't going to give you the results that the XG shows, but I think it also demonstrates how much better we have been than all of these teams. And the one that's really blowing my mind is Hecken's, because to have got seven points from three games where you have conceded an expected goals of 6.5... And only had XG worth 1.8 is crazy. And I think this is going to be really interesting, Abdullah, because as I say, this doesn't mean that Hecken won't pick up more points from here. They could get better. They could continue to get lucky. Um, they could feel really confident because they've had all of these good results. But there's also the possibility when you look at that is Hecken potentially go zero from their last three games because everything's been so outsized. And... They've got one more home game, which is against us. Yeah, you're right. I mean, you look at those stats, you're like, Hacken, you should be bottom of the table with zero points, but yet you are top of the table with seven. How are you doing this? Um, I guess stranger things have happened. I mean, I think Chelsea have been in this position before, right? A couple of years ago, like you said, Juventus, Wolfsburg, when we had them in our group, like, yes, they were technically tougher opponents, quote unquote, but we should have gotten through. And it was like, how are we not? And then obviously we deserve to get out in the end. But this one... Like, literally, you look at the other three teams, you're like, Chelsea beats all three of these teams nine times out of ten, playing them twice. Like, easily. Like, it's, there's no... I mean, they comfortably have good players. Real Madrid technically would be the closest one in terms of competition if we're really looking at the, the quality of players in each of the sides. But it's very strange how uh, how, how Gottenberg had gotten there. And I think... I would again. I wouldn't be surprised if, like you said, if 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 Hacken don't pick up any points, or if they do, because I feel like for Paris FC now, they've gotten the three points against Real Madrid, and now they have motivation to go to Hacken and get six points because they need to go for the win if they because they have a very good chance of qualifying, having that head start over Real Madrid now. That if they can, if they rely on Chelsea getting the win, and they go and beat Hacken, even get one win and a draw, suddenly they're they're second in the group. You know, and 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 Real Madrid have to then come and face, uh, have to come and face us and, and Paris FC. So there's motivation for the second and third teams to go and do well. Um, but yeah, and 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 all, but all things considered, like it's such a weird group in that sense. Um, but I, I think at the end, I think we should still come out on top. I still think we'll finish first in the group and uh, we'll we'll click at the right time because again, with Chelsea, it's always about catch up, and once we catch up, we don't we don't let it go, and we just kind of go all the way. Yeah, so it is interesting. Obviously, Chelsea are sort have been sort of boosted, yeah, by the fact that Paris beat Real Madrid yesterday as well. Paris went 2-0 up within like the first seven minutes. Olga ended up missing a penalty. Real Madrid did get one back. Hayley Rasso missed like an open goal. Um, it, it was all quite chaotic in that game. But that means so at the moment, Hecken is still top seven points. We're second five. Paris third with three and Real Madrid with one. Obviously, we've got to go away to Hecken, away to ha Paris and host Real Madrid. 
Um, Hecken have to go away to Paris and Real Madrid. And those games, I think, will be tough because, as, kind of as you're saying, everyone has something to play for in this group. The worry is, is that's also sort of what happened last time we got knocked out. But I think the difference is, is all four teams sort of have something to play for. Um, you know, even Real Madrid could feel like, you know, this is in their hands in many ways. Um, so it will be interesting to see how those matches play out, especially sort of the ones in game week four. Um, before we sort of wrap up and, and have a quick look at Bristol, do, do you have a player of the match? I, I was intrigued to see what FOTMOB said. I don't... I never really know how FOTMOB obviously come up with these numbers. Um, and it's hard, I think, in a game where you dominate so much but also don't do anything. My personal feeling was Aaron Cuthbert. FOTMOB loved us. FOTMOB gave six of our team eights. Um, they gave Neve Charles their highest rating, 8.5. Um, but I think Aaron, to me, felt like the standout player. Yeah, I, I liked Erin yesterday. I thought she was busy. I thought she she really controlled that midfield and she really marshaled it and kind of took a lead uh, over there. Um, I think I'll give it to Neil Charles. I think I think for me, she just there was the attacking impetus down on the left. I felt like she was our brightest spark out there. Like you said, eight shot creating actions came from her, the highest alongside Eve Parise. Uh, and uh, so I thought she was good. And, and just kind of quick shout out to Eve Parise. I know she wasn't going to start this game, but I thought she, she played decently well. I, I thought her set piece delivery was actually pretty good. Um, every time we had a corner or a free kick, I thought she um, she really did deliver better than she did against Arsenal. So uh, a little bit of redemption for her uh, you know, last night. Yeah. Just wrap up then the rest of the Champions League results. So Barcelona thrashed Rosengard 6-0. St. Poulton drew 0-0 with Slavia Prague. Uh, Benfica beat Eintracht Frankfurt 1-0. Big, big result there. Lyon beat Brown 3-1. That means Lyon probably have a good chance of going through top of that group. Brown were their main rivals. In the other group that's even more dramatic and tighter than ours, Group C, Bayern and Ajax drew 1-1 whilst Paris picked up their first points, winning 2-1 over Roma. So it's really us and uh, that group which is keeping all the drama because Lyon and Barcelona are definitely topping the group and it looks pretty clear that Brown will probably go through second in that other one. It's a bit more open in Group A in terms of who goes through second. So we're obviously starting to see a little bit more um, in that sort of, you know, as these things get closer and closer. But let's take a little ad break here and then we'll come back and talk a little bit about Bristol on Sunday. So Chelsea head to Bristol. Um, Hayes talked a lot in the presser about how similar she thought Bristol were going to be to Hecken and... You mentioned it. We've seen Bristol. They've got some good results. They're doing a lot better, I think, than than lots of uh, people expected them to. But, you know, Manchester United, Arsenal, both gone there, both struggled. They have eventually got wins, but it's not been the case of sort of blowing them away. Um, Hayes' point was that they're like the eighth best team in terms of expected goals conceded, even though they're 11th in the table. What do you think Chelsea need to have learned by the time we get to Ashton Gate on Sunday afternoon in terms of breaking down these kind of low blocks? I think Chelsea just need to, I think they need to be clinical. I think they need to realise that once they get, um, once they get an opportunity or they get a couple of opportunities, they have to start putting these away because obviously like the hacking game has shown us and taught us, I think it, I think it becomes really important to, to to pick up these 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 goals and chances early. Just and then just I think in this specific moment to build confidence back. Like 
imagine Chelsea going and pick up like a seven nil win on on Sunday, like confidence boost, you know, like like anything, and just get like key goals in people because. I think Chelsea need to start feeling that once they start, while they're still creating chances, and your XG might be up. If you're not finishing them, even your service starts to become a problem because then the people servicing are like, you know, they start getting frustrated and it's like a trickle down effect. So I think just kind of making sure that they can go in and break down low blocks and 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 start finding maybe different ways of um, uh, of doing so. Uh, and I think equally, um, they need to start, you know you know realizing that okay fine you know we we have a we have, i think we Chelsea have a big squad i think there are there are players uh there are players who i think this season now from a rotation perspective are playing a lot better and i think maybe Emma needs to not that she hasn't rotated i'm not going to say that but like um maybe someone like Kadisha Buchanan who obviously will start playing a lot more now and obviously Marin Mielda uh, I think they need to start coming in more. Hopefully, if we can get someone like, you know, Ashley Lawrence back, that'll be a big boost. Uh, Melanie Leupel's coming back will be a big boost. Obviously, Jesse Fleming's there. So, once he's getting some of these players back, and then we can start, you know, really changing it around and, and you know, use different players for different tactics. So, I think uh, if it works, if it works uh, against, against, I think Bristol should be a game where we should win. Um, regardless of the eleven that we put out, but it, it'll be good to to get some players back. And I know I think the biggest thing would be to to learn how to break down teams, especially like Bristol or Hacken, who will just kind of sit back. Yeah, I think for me the midfield still feels like the missing piece within this team, and it's kind of hard when you know it's interesting thinking. Someone said to me when I was talking about this game that you know maybe these two midfields we played the wrong way round. Uh, you know we should have had England for the Arsenal game. We should have had Nuskin in for this Hecken game. That you're obviously asking people to do two very different things. You know with the Arsenal game you needed people who were going to win the ball and be able to sort of make passes and try and keep control of the ball in the Hecken game in the Bristol game. It's going to be a lot more about like okay. What passing angles can you open up? Who else can you put on the edge of the box? How can you get players forward? Um, it'll be really interesting to see if Melanie Leupoltz can at least make the bench um, because I do think she's a really sort of crucial person who it feels like we're missing, who's got a bit more of... She sort of straddles the Venn diagram of being both Ingle and Cuthberty um, in a way that I think we're really missing at the moment in terms of it feeling like we we sort of have to play one or the other or even if we're playing them together then maybe they can't dovetail quite as easily um so that'll be interesting to see I'd like to see maybe Nuskin come back in because I think it's important like I know she really struggled in that Arsenal game which isn't necessarily surprising she certainly wasn't the only one but you obviously want a player like that to come back in and be able to get some some good minutes um sooner some exciting news ahead of Bristol though is that Hay said yesterday we could potentially see Micah Hamano. This is interesting because the Chelsea squad is quite full. Um, there are a couple of options here in terms of if Hamano was registered. It's possible that Chelsea never registered Kat Macario to play. It's also possible that they you can you can ask the WSL and the FA for some special dispensation. Uh, and you can particularly do that if you have a player with a long-term injury. Obviously, Anique Nowen's done her ACL, so I don't know whether that's something they've been able to do. We're never really going to know how they made it work, if it even happens, because it also felt like a great opportunity for Hayes to say, 
this is a disappointing result, but look over there, as she kind of likes to do. Um, she was talking about this amazing goal that Hermano scored against Spurs in the under-21s. I posted it on Twitter. I found it on Scout and posted it on Twitter. If anyone wants to watch that, it's, it's a great finish. But interestingly, she only played 33 minutes of that game, which didn't scream to me, like, ready to go and play in the WSL. Um, so we will see if she is there on Sunday, if she plays in the game. But uh, Abdullah, like, this will be another exciting option for Chelsea to have, even though it's interesting as to whether there's a question mark of, of potentially her going on loan in January or whether she's going to get the minutes. Um, but it's great to see her, like, in and around the senior team. Yeah, exactly. And I think we've seen glimpses of her potential. We've seen glimpses of the way she she wants to play. And, and obviously that loan at Hammerby was really telling and really exciting to see how she played and I, and I'd be in, you know I'd be keen to see how she fits into the Chelsea set because again she could be the reincarnate of Frank Kirby 2.0 and if we can get even half the player that Frank Kirby is uh then I think we will uh, will be in for it so it'll be it'll be and I think it also brings a completely different variable to the picture we don't know what she's going to be fit, fit in uh, what she's like in this team I don't think Emma, I mean, obviously Emma knows, but you never know until she's, she's on the pitch. And opposition teams will only have seen her against, in, sorry, in suite, in, in you know, playing for Hammerby. So how she does in England, how she how she fits in with these players, and these players obviously better quality than the ones she played with over there, and she, she performed well over there. So, you know, I, again, I'm excited to see it. So hopefully we get to see her and uh, she gets an assist or a goal. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Okay, just quickly then to finish us off, I I did the FA Cup draw. I got Chelsea West Ham, which I have seen some of you complaining about, but unfortunately, it's not rigged. It's just the luck of the draw. I did in practice draw us away at Blackburn, and I actually think this is better because we are playing at home. West Ham aren't very good. Um although there might be some big January signings coming in, but they hopefully they won't be ready to play come the 14th of January. And, yeah, I don't know, like, United have to go away to, sorry, City have to go away to Durham, United are hosting Newcastle, they feel more like games that you slip up on than when West Ham, this could be really famous last words, it will be really embarrassing, but yes, that is the draw we've got, so... Abdullah, coming up, we've got, we've got Bristol away, Hecken away, then it's Christmas. We come back for that West Ham game, United at home, that feels like a really big one, and then Real Madrid at home, Brighton away, Paris away. That wraps us up for January. There's there's a lot of games, and they're, they're coming fast. It's going to be really important, isn't it, that players get some much-needed time off over Christmas to, to have that break, because we're getting into the bit of the season where we're going to play twice a week, every week. Yeah, exactly, and I, and I think these um, obviously the break comes in at a good time. Teams, you know, Chelsea can get a a good rest, and and there's a lot of time for everybody to unwind and relax and go there. But yeah, I think after that, the fact that we have such a strong squad and it's such a deep squad with a lot of strength, and hopefully this this break gives everybody time to time to relax and 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 kind of get back into full fitness and full speed, and and then we can just kind of go in for the second half of the season and really just. Um, you know, really just go and play. I mean, like from the 14th of Jan to the 30th, there's like two, five games to play in like two weeks. Like you said, it's almost two games a week. But I think we have the squad, we have the players, we have the experience to go and do this. Not like it's the first time we're doing uh, two games a week. I think these most of these players are used to doing that now. So I think it's it's not nothing new. And I think um, with the fact that we have sufficient quality backups, so like there's me official Sam Kerr, 
Frank Kirby, Jesse Fleming, Billy Noble, Shrek and Nuskin, and Aaron Casper, and then obviously Kadisha, Jess, Mielda. So Ashley Lawrence, the person of the classic, like you've got a lot of good pairings. You've got a lot of good depth that you could switch the 11 and you should still retain a lot of the quality that, that you need. So yeah, I think I think we should be good for the second half of the season. Fisher, definitely someone who I'd be keen to maybe see more of at some point. Um, I feel like she's had a couple of little good cameos and it, yeah, I do wonder whether against Bristol she might be a, a different option, but I don't know if Hayes will take the risk. It feels like it's such an important game to win. Um, but we'll be back with you after that match. Fingers crossed Chelsea managed to get things back on track because I don't think I can do three matches in a week without a win. That would be just be too depressing for me. It is not possible, but until then, Chelsea fans, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high. <laughs>